0: This is the Average to Savage Podcast with Paul Garino. Everyone and anyone, athletes, celebs, and much more. What's up everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Average Savage Podcast. Our special guest today is Jess Fishlock. Jess, how's it going?
1: It's good. How are you?
0: Good. I always wanna I always wanna say Fishlocker for some reason. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think for a whole game, um an American commentator actually called me Fishlocker. <laughs> Well, they, yeah, it got a, it got a lot of traction on uh Twitter actually. <laughs>
0: that, that's pretty funny. I don't know, maybe mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't know why. But what about just just going into like this season like how's it been um just dealing with like you know obviously the whole covid. I know you you started yeah. over here in the in the US and then you got loaned out. Mhm.
1: Um yeah, you know, it's been a bit of a surreal kind of year. Um I think it's difficult for athletes especially i mean it's difficult for everyone of course um but i mean when if you're looking at the rain for example when we went into this year we were so excited about what it would bring and and what we can do um and then obviously like it's not that the season gets sidelined because obviously we had the challenge cup and um the fall series but you know I wouldn't be lying. I would be lying if I didn't say that it's not the same as a regular season. It's not the same as, as playing your 25 games or 24 games and getting a feel of how the team grows, how it progresses. Um, you know, and so I don't think that we really were able to do anything this year. And I think that's really quite sad for us as a group.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, on, on the flip side, I know, uh, the NWSL had uh, great numbers. Uh, they just came mm-hmm. out with, uh, I think it was like five hundred percent up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what, What's your like? What's your feeling on that?
1: Yeah, I think it. in honestly, I think it's amazing. Um, I think the you know Lisa, the commissioner, and the league itself um did a fabulous job at kind of promoting the the Challenge Cup really like like we did. And I think also, you know, as coming back and, and playing and being the first pro league to come back in America really helped that because I think at that point, you know, um, people have been in lockdown for a while and yeah. <laughs> probably watch, um, you know, They would watch something new, if that makes sense. And so for those kind of audiences that perhaps wouldn't have watched female football or female soccer um, (laughs) before, you know, being in lockdown, it it kind of give them more of a reason to. And I think we've always said in the women's game and and women athletes in general that once you get somebody to watch, they very often come back. It's just getting them to initially go, okay, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to watch women's sports
0: yeah yeah i think also just like it being a tournament style and like the mls doing the same thing i think people just like that thrill of the tournament
1: yeah absolutely and i've said you know obviously i'm from the uk and we have cups over here for like everything and i've said since i've been in in america that they need to somehow get a cup going because it's just it's exciting you know we all know that americans like they just love excitement they really buy into it
0: yeah like yeah even me as just like a fan like i mean i obviously know when like the seasons go around but like when it was like a tournament i was like more more inclined to watch it
1: yeah i think you follow it a little bit more you get more involved in it you yeah. know because it's like shorter and and you can follow it for like two three weeks rather than an eight nine month scenario
0: yeah and then i know you, you guys are in utah right yeah yeah how how was it like in that bubble
1: yeah, I'm not going to lie to you, it was pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, we obviously left Seattle earlier, went to Montana for a month prior to also Utah for a month. And, you know, living in hotels um, is, is fun for a little while. And then uh, when it gets to two to three months long, um, it gets pretty repetitive. Yeah. Uh, but look, you know, the Our club, Seattle, did everything that they could possibly do to try and get us to feel as comfortable as as we could. But I think just the the whole kind of bubble life is, um, you know, it's difficult.
0: Yeah, so it it was just like go to hotel, practice, go home, go to game, go to practice, that's it?
1: Yeah, literally, we were only allowed on our floor. We weren't allowed to leave, leave our floor. We weren't really allowed to interact in other people's rooms um we could leave it to go and eat um that would get delivered to the hotel for us so it would just be like whatever was on the menu uh we would only leave the hotel to train and then we'd have to get straight back um into the hotel and into the floor and and you know that was it for like two months basically um which you know is you know it's it's tough it's i'm not going to be here and be like well oh, being a professional athlete is so hard but yeah. um you know it's not all glamorous either
0: yeah for sure yeah, and then i know you got loaned out and i know you've been loaned out several times so uh mm-hmm. especially now what is it what was the feeling like now just like you know you're getting used to the new quote-unquote normal hair and then you had to go back
1: <laughs> yeah you know what uh i was really thankful for the rain actually to allow me to be loaned out because um i'm back home you know obviously I'm from wales so it's nice to be home for a long period of time um and it you know i'd love to say that it's very different here but it's not the virus is, is um also over in europe and right now we're going through a huge second wave so we're all in lockdown again um but we're still playing so We are exempt from lockdown as an elite athlete, so we continue to train um, during the day, obviously, and then play our games and get tested regularly.
0: I want to go back a little bit, too. Just, like, uh, how did you you just start playing soccer? How did you
1: start playing soccer? Um, Funny story, actually. I always tell this story. No one can believe it. Uh, I'm one of six kids, so I have three sisters and two brothers. Uh, So, obviously, when we were growing up, um, and holidays like summer holidays for example you know it's, it was hard for me ma naturally because she's got six kids and so and so wants to go to I don't know one camp and somebody else wants to go to another camp um so the way that we kind of worked was that um the older one got to choose basically um, and I wasn't the oldest one so I never really could do an awful lot that I wanted but my older sister, thankfully, wanted to go to a Mirham soccer camp, believe it or not. Um, and so I, you know, I was like, well, Catherine's going there, so you're just going to have to go because I can't take you anywhere else. <laughs> so I was like, okay, it's fine. Um, and I went there and honest to God, I just fell in love with football. Like uh, my mum said, you know, obviously I don't have like vivid memories of it, but my mum said that once I came back, like, that was it. I never left the football alone. Um, and she has still has a photo from the paper that I was in, like, that day from the Mia camp when I was seven. Um, and I think if you look at that photo, you'll see just how much I, like, kind of fell in love with the game. And then, you know, I must have just, the hated it and never went back. Um, but I just from that moment never stopped. And then I have two older brothers and I just played with them like all the time, pretty much in with boys teams. And then, you know, my local team and then just went through all the pathways and the processes to to get to where I am.
0: That, so was that camp in Wales?
1: Yeah, <laughs> okay. believe it or not. I don't know how a Mayham camp got anywhere yeah. near Wales, but it did.
0: <laughs> but I mean, that's dope. That's how big she is.
1: Yeah, sure, exactly. Yeah, I know it is. Um, is is great. It's great.
0: Um, what about just just growing up in in Wales? Like, uh, did you play any other sports growing up?
1: I did. I did actually. I was a very avid sports person. Um, I played hockey, cricket, rugby. Um basketball not really basketball but played a little bit um swimming I did swimming badminton um I did a lot of sports I played cricket and rugby for a long time um I think there was a little bit of a toss up between whether I was gonna go into cricket or go into football my mum always says that I was better at cricket than I am at football (laughs) um and then she tries to get me to go that way but I did it was always going to be football for me i think
0: what about like when did you know you were like really good and you could be a, a pro <laughs>
1: um i think i always knew when I, I that when i was younger like 12 13 that i was a little bit different if that makes sense that it wasn't just like a hobby and i wasn't just playing it on the weekend for fun that it was something that i really really wanted and obviously coaches at that age often can tell um you know who's got the chance of making it or whatever as they say If you continue on that development um but I think I was at 15 16 when I personally decided that I was gonna sacrifice whatever I needed to sacrifice um to get to wherever I wanted to and so I dropped out of school and got a, a full-time job to pay for everything um and kind of just to be honest, put all my eggs in one basket. is was probably a pretty big risk at the time, but it, you know, I just knew that that's what I wanted to do. So that's what I had to do.
0: Okay, when you say you left school, like what like what grade was this? Uh,
1: a high school. So I was like 16, I think I went okay. and got a full-time job. Yeah, <laughs> I try to tell, I tell this story in America and everyone <laughs> yeah. almost falls over.
0: Wait, you, so you didn't finish high school?
1: Um, I got my grades, my GCSEs, which I don't know what you call them.
0: Um,
1: But yeah, I dropped out at 16.
0: <laughs> I don't know. You don't know what like, to say. <laughs> I know. Like I get this all
1: the time. In America, sometimes... My brain's
0: my, not connecting.
1: Yes. Yeah. The rain when I first got to America the first year the rain sent me to do a talk to um, kids going to college and obviously like no one knows much about our system so they were like oh you know what did you do in university or and I was with one of my very good friends now and I started laughing and I was like I can't really answer that question because I dropped out of school when I was 16. And my, my friend next to me was like, you can't say that here. I was like, okay. I was like, um, I finished school, but I didn't go to college or the way that the system works here is you're in school till you're 16 and then you get two years between 16 and 18, which we call college. Um, and then you go from 18 to whatever, then like 24 or 26 or whatever you studying to go to university so it's slightly different um back when i was growing up you had a choice of whether you wanted to continue education at 16 but i think now that's 18 i'm not sure though
0: gotcha so all right so then like on the flip side like what uh, like what did you do to just like educate yourself on different like sorts of things you just use the internet
1: um you know it depends on kind of what part of life I'm going in right so yeah the reality is if I actually think that I probably learned more about life by living in I mean I was 16 and I'd get this paycheck and I'd have to deal with my taxes or deal with you know paying rent or bills and and things like that at, at 16 you know and I think when you realise that and you realise about going to work and punctuality and dealing with managers or dealing with colleagues or dealing with like problems, you know, I ended up living that life very, very young and I think that I learned a lot um, of how life actually works, like the real world when I was still a teenager and I Mm -hmm. think that, you know, growing up and and then obviously becoming a professional athlete and living in loads of different countries, you know, I've lived in Holland, Germany, France, Australia, um, America, the UK, you just, you learn about different cultures and how they they work and how they survive and what works for them. And, you know, I I think in truth, I've never really, you know, gone online and looked up educational things. I've just Mm -hmm. learnt it through conversation and and you know topics and and this kind of stuff
0: yeah yeah for sure yeah I mean also just saying you know that seems better anyways because you know a lot of kids graduate college over here and then have no idea what to do with their lives anyways so
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean I didn't want to say that but
0: (laughs) I'll say it for you so so yeah so and then what what did it what how was it just being like a you were a pro at 16 and then just obviously I'm assuming you had a lot of older teammates
1: yeah well i didn't turn pro until i was 19 so i was still kind of semi-pro and then working full-time and then also playing for my u19 national team and my sem- my welsh senior team at that point so to be honest with you i don't even think education would have worked with my schedule <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah.
1: um but you know i in those kind of three years of, of working full-time and playing for U19 and playing for my senior team and then playing part-time for my club, you know, I didn't have a lot of time to, to do anything else. Um, but once you turn, I turned pro then and moved uh, to Holland to live for three years, you know, I learned a completely different life then. Um, you know, I was in the locker room with, you know, girls that have been, had been pro and um, girls that don't speak any English and a different kind of culture and you know when you grow up like you'll say you grow up in America or i grow up in in the UK you know you until I don't know you leave and go for college or you leave to go anywhere you live in a bubble right like a really kind of a bubble that is just I often think and I always say it's not really quite real you can make that bubble whatever you want of it but it really doesn't doesn't replicate life at all. And when I went to Holland, you know, I really kind of was, was made aware of what kind of life is life outside of the UK or outside of Wales, outside of my little bubble. And, um, it was a tough transition. It was really difficult the first six months. Um, but after that, you know, I kind of never looked back and I've really enjoyed that kind of life.
0: All right. You gotta tell me what was your job those three years?
1: I was, <laughs> I was a data analyst for a um, a big kind of phone company, uh, <laughs> mobile phone, basically I was just on computers all the time and then speaking to people that had problems with the way our service was going and I just winged it, I winged it for three years, I've no idea what I did the whole time. <laughs>
0: yeah well yeah i just want people to know that like you know oh i mean everybody always has some kind of you know start startup job oh. and then you get well
1: my actual first 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 job was burger king so oh, all right. oh hey. yeah yeah i had to get my little weekend money <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man well yeah well <laughs> were you the cook <laughs>
1: No, I wasn't, but I ended up getting the sack because I was giving away free food to homeless people. <laughs> oh, I got caught, and I was like, "Well, there we go." I'm not even apologizing for it because we waste so much food here, and these poor people are just like freezing cold and hungry. So whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. So, so I know you. Like you said, you mentioned uh, you played all around. Uh, what What made you come to the U.S.?
1: Well, the US, though, notoriously, has, has always been the best league in the world for for, the, for women's soccer. Um, and, you know, when I was growing up, it was definitely something that you, you wanted to go and do. You, you know, if you went over and you were able to play in America, then kind of meant nine times out of ten that you were pretty good. So mm-hmm. it was kind of a dream, really, to, to get the opportunity to play there and kind of show... Show my talent, but also show that, like you know, a little girl from Wales can can make it big time, and kind of, kind of, I don't know, like let other people in Wales, other little girls in Wales, know that you know there's there's things out there, and you can dream big, you know. And that was something for me that I really wanted to to do. Um, and so when the opportunity came, you know, I I, I didn't even I didn't even think about it. I think I would have done it for free, to be honest.
0: <laughs> oh, well, that's, that's kind of funny because, like, I think the opposite. Like, I, I feel like if an American goes, like, you know, overseas, then, uh, like, they, they quote-unquote, made it.
1: Yeah, I think that is the outlook, especially in the men's game, which I, yeah. which I understand. But the women's game, it's, it's the opposite because the women's game in America is, 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 is massive. It's huge. Um, but also the women's national team in America is probably mm-hmm. the most – successful team in the world.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and then what just I know I already touched on it, but like, what does it feel like to get like loaned out? Is that like a good feeling or like a bad feeling? Or mixed?
1: No, you know, it depends where the loan idea comes from, I guess. But my loans have always been something that I've wanted to do personally. Mm -hmm. Um and thankfully Seattle have always been a club that Understand kind of those bigger pictures, Um, and when our league was first starting, you know, it was kind of a relatively short league. It only ran for like six, seven months. And when you're an international player, you know, we we have games all the time throughout the year, and you just couldn't afford to have five months off, really. And so that was why it came around initially. Um, You know, I really I was not going to go on loan this year at all, um, I kind of only had to last minute because of the COVID situation and coming back from injury and needing to play games.
0: Yeah, I got you. What about like, so can you can you say no to a loan or no? Yeah. Oh, okay, wasn't Wasn't yeah. sure.
1: You can, and, and sometimes like the club will want to loan you out if even if like, you don't want to go, to the club can say, oh, I think maybe we should we'll put you on loan so you get some game time, et cetera, et cetera. So often it's like younger players that that get to go on loan, but Mm
0: -hmm.
1: in the women's game, it's real different from the men's game. It's kind of a um, people do it because they have a chance to win something or like for me, for example, and everyone that's on loan right now from the NWSR, it's mostly because of COVID and the need to play games.
0: Gotcha. And then I saw that you uh, were a player coach. A couple of years. What? How did? How did that come about?
1: Well, I'm doing my badges. So there's my bit of education there. I'm doing my coaching badges. Going back to school, um, and so I actually was supposed to be a player assistant coach. That was what was supposed to happen. So I could learn in a little whilst I was on loan um, the coaching side of it and get a little bit of experience there, but you know, something, you know, it didn't quite go that way. And the head coach went over to be an assistant coach for the men's club. And so uh, I ended up being the coach and the manager whilst playing. And I would never recommend that ever again to anybody (laughs) in the entire world.
0: (laughs) But is that what you want to do post career? You want to be a coach?
1: You know, for a very, very, very long time, I thought that it was something that I really wanted to do but I think as time has gone on and I've got a bit older I don't know I think I kind of want to go into a little bit of politics maybe actually Um, but we'll see I would like to I think I'd like to come back home and do some politics in Wales but you know I I don't know how that would work
0: to be honest. I don't know what politics looks like in Wales, but I would not be in no politics in the U.S.
1: <laughs> I can assure you I would never do that either. <laughs>
0: uh, and then what about uh, just playing for your national team? Like, what, what does that mean to you?
1: Oh, everything. I, I, would, I would trade in my whole club career, my, my trophies. I would trade it all in to go to a major tournament with my country. In a heartbeat, in a heartbeat.
0: Yeah. Then what about? I know you got named. Um. I think how many times? Four times. One of the best players in the in the NWSL. How? What did What did that mean to you?
1: It was special, actually. It, it It was special because you know you get voted by that through other teams, coaches, and players, and so you kind of know that um, you know you've you've done all right. <laughs> um, and that's always nice, you know, I think, you know, I was lucky and I'm still very lucky to be a part of the Rain. Um, and, you know, we've had some really, really successful times and it's been one of the kind of highlights of my career being a part of that group of players. And so, you know, um, I just, I, I love playing for the Rain, and I love the NWSL and, I, you know, I, I'm lucky enough to have a pretty good career there. And so... Um, you know, here's to hoping it happens over the next couple of years as well.
0: Yeah. What, what else do you want to see? Like, obviously, we just talked about the numbers before. Like, what else do you want to see grow in the in, in the NWSL? Um,
1: I want to see, you know, I, I think I want to see a little bit of squad depth grow. I want to, I want to see more Europeans coming over, or more kind of um, yeah players coming into the league, definitely. Um, I want to see the media and that kind of be a little bit more fair with, yes, the American players in the league are great, but like the national players are great, but the league is actually made up of very, very, very good players overall, whether they're USA national team players, whether they're from Europe or they're from Australia, whether they just come out of college. Like I think the only way the league grows more is if the media – And everybody doesn't just focus on like 12 players, Mm -hmm. Um, but completely understand that like the USA national team is what will bring people in to watch the game. So it's kind of like a catch 22. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, other than that, I think it's actually grown really well. I think our new commissioner, Lisa, has been phenomenal um, in her job role, um, what she's done with regards to her job um you know we had our old commissioner probably wasn't as proactive and i think we kind of missed a few missed the boats there but you know we've managed to grow at a time where you would imagine that we wouldn't and i think that's very um promising
0: yeah well i'd say your team is doing very good at social media because that's how we got linked up
1: yeah that's great
0: um yeah like what do you like, oh, yeah, what was the – why did uh, they change the name?
1: Uh, Seattle. Because the, the, the rain well, Seattle rain, um has now been kind of bought by Olympic Lyon from France. And so mm. they're kind of like sister clubs. And so that was – that happened last year. And so obviously they had to merge the two.
0: So a French team owns the ring.
1: A really big club, actually. uh, In the men's game, and well, actually, in the women's game, OL are probably the most successful club team in the world. That's crazy. Yeah. And so they uh, bought us out, I think, because they want to build the same kind of product uh, in America. So we had to change the name and the badge, but i love it i think it's great i actually played for ol i went and learn that um and they're incredible the people that run the club are incredible um the group is great and i think in the next kind of two to five years you'll see a massive growth within our club
0: yeah i mean that yeah see i had no idea that that's crazy and that, that's why I, like the overseas soccer like i just i get it but i don't fully understand it so yeah and um and it's just, like, that's why I, even when I remember, uh, I didn't even know. Because I remember, like, looking looking you up So Like, I didn't even know you had, like, the national games, like, uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Like, because I was looking it up, and I was just like, oh, she doesn't have any games this week. But then I saw that you posted, <laughs> and I was like, oh, the national team, though.
1: Yeah, it's, re- it's really quite hard for people to understand with the national team in, that, in America. Because it's so different. Even our, like, European FIFA and UEFA are so different from CONCACAF. So... Like, I completely understand that, you know, because if you asked anybody over here about calf, they'd have no clue.
0: Yeah. All right, you got to tell me about this most excellent order of the British <laughs> Empire that you got.
1: <laughs> yeah. My now you got being... the little thing next to your name. Yeah, I, I do. I know. Um, basically, in obviously, we're governed by um, sovereignty and the king and queen and um every year they select a handful of people um to kind of be recognized by the um empire the british empire of kind of uh excellence almost and 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 you become a part of the british empire Um, and so Someone nominated me, I, don't, I still don't know who that was, um, for my services to women's football and to the LGBTQ community, because I do a lot of work for that. Um, and so, yeah, the royal family kind of gave me a cute little badge and said, well done, Jessica. And I said, thank you very much.
0: Wait, so was this like a whole ceremony or, or what? Yeah,
1: I went to Buckingham Palace and um, last Christmas actually, and um, not last Christmas, the Christmas before, and yeah, got my little my little pee. So, Like,
0: how, uh, you tell me, like, how, how, like, elite is that?
1: Very, very elite. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think it gets more elite to be honest with you, right. <laughs> unless I become like a dame, pretty much. Okay, so
0: does everybody, so, so does like everybody know you in Wales?
1: Um, I. I think a lot of people do, yeah. Not just and I think for me it's not just about footballs. Yes. I do a lot of community work. Um, you know, I just I kind of love my country like I really am patriotic and, and in it and in not in a way where I'm like blinded to things that need to get better. Um but I don't just want to be somebody that is like, oh, what else needs to be like this or it needs to be better and then not help that grow. Um, because I just don't want to be that person, so I do a lot, yeah, in the community and in, in my local community. Um, yeah, like I said, in the LGB community with youth soccer, and you know, I just want young people in Wales to be able to, yeah, grow, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah, so what, like, yeah, what because I don't know personally, but what mm-hmm. have you done for the LGBT community? <laughs>
1: I I think, um, I came out, uh, I don't know when, five years ago, maybe, Mm -hmm. um, publicly, like via the media, um, to kind of just start to be visible in our country. Um, you know, for obviously youth. And Mm then I also did a, um, what I do? An interview and some work. I do a lot of work for the communities anyway, and like with the youth kind of community centers, et cetera, et cetera, raise money um, for hostels that, that hold LGBTQ youth that that, that are you know, often abandoned. Mm-hmm. Um, I came out and did a interview that kind of changed the way that um, schools kind of run in Wales, because I said that when I was in school, it was hell. And it was school for me, was horrible because I was in a school that still had like segregated like stairs. So like, girls go on one stair, boys go in another stair. You can't go anywhere. I couldn't play football. I couldn't play any sports apart from like gym and dance, which is so stereotypical, it's unbelievable. And it just wasn't a place for me where I could help find myself you know obviously like your teenage years are like the hardest years of your life anyway and you're trying to be okay in life and then obviously I'm gay and I know that I'm gay but there's nowhere in the world nowhere in society for me to be and school was like the complete opposite of that if that makes sense and so I came out and did a big article about how you know I, I think School shouldn't be like that for any for any student, let alone like someone who's who's gay. I mean, it, it doesn't matter whether you're gay or whether you're, you know, a little bit geeky or nerdy or you know. I mean, there should always be school should be a safe place for whoever you are, whether you're an artist. You know, like sometimes people don't understand artists, and you know, I think and that actually like you know it changed the law here in in wales because that that went really big and and schools often were like okay well we need to look at that if that makes sense so i just i've just done a lot of work in about the visibility of lgbtq and that it's okay and where to go if you don't feel safe or what to do um if your family is struggling you know what i mean like just a lot of things like that
0: yeah yeah that's awesome um and what what advice would you give to a player trying to make a pro league
1: my advice would be that like when you have to enjoy it right like you have to enjoy what you do i think anyone kind of knows that so don't ever le- don't ever lose your love for the game and um, but also kind of alongside that you know listen work hard have a really good work ethic and be be a good teammate like be a really good teammate and and often those things will get you a lot further than um than you think
0: all right um are you ready for some fun questions are you go
1: yeah i am yeah let's go
0: what um what's your favorite song right now
1: Ooh Great question. I'm going to go with Khalid and Hundred. All
0: right. I think I might know it. I'm not sure. I don't know. It's song title. I just listen to it usually. Yeah, it's
1: Uh good.
0: Who would you want to do a Jersey Exchange with that you haven't done with with yet?
1: Jersey Exchange. Oh wow. Farah. That's a great question.
0: Do you guys do that during the national games? Mm, Not really. yeah, you don't, want I, the, you don't want the national jersey of the other player?
1: <laughs> nah. Um, What jersey exchange would I want? This is a great question. I actually have so many good jerseys from just the people that I, that I love.
0: Yeah, tell, tell me which ones you have. I
1: have Wendy Renard's, Eugenie LeSommers. I have Pino shirt and Naho Kawasumi shirt um a lulu barn shirt naturally those people for me i'd i'd like truly just love a kim little shirt she's my she's my gal um but when i think about one that i would have now or one that i would love like loving my wall i would have i would go and get an old retro Man United shirt and ask Eric Cantona to sign it. That's what I would do. All
0: right. What about – um? Who, who was your favorite player growing up? Eric Cantona. All right. <laughs> so did yeah, you, that's... You, you, did, you never got to meet him?
1: No. No, he was a very kind of different, eccentric player for United. Um, he was unbelievable. He changed their history, really. They got United and they just – they got Cantona, and they just started winning and winning and winning. Um, but he was also a little bit different, you know. Like he couldn't play for his national team, didn't have like an overly great attitude. He was like a, um, you know, like an Ibrahimovic almost. Only he was even better.
0: Yeah, I gotcha. Um, what about has anybody ever asked you for your jersey, and you were just like, like surprised? Ah. Uh...
1: Yeah, I think, I'm, you know, what, I think I'm always a little bit surprised when someone wants my jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's always nice when people come up to you and specifically ask for your jersey. Um, so every kind of time, it's always puts a smile on my
0: face. What are they, is it, is it protocol to ask before or after? After. after. Yeah. What about, what, what do you like to do in your free time?
1: I uh, drink an obscene amount of coffee.
0: Oh, I thought you were about to say so. No. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. I'm with can Put that in there as well. <laughs> um, and I, you know, I like going out for brunches and stuff. Um, I love going to gigs. I love going to gigs. Um, but, you know. What
0: do you mean, what is, what do you mean gigs? Like concerts? Yeah, mean?
1: concerts. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I went to like three in respect, I went to Khalid, Sam Smith, and Elton John this year, well, last year, and I yeah. oh, loved it, yeah.
0: What about, like, what's your favorite American food?
1: Oh, it's got to be hot wings.
0: All right. Well, all right. If I went to Wales, what would I have to, like, try there, like, food-wise? If you went
1: to Wales, you need to try our lamb. It's bloody lovely. Lamb? Um, a lamb... lamb. A lamb Sunday roast, me would make you if you came here, and I promise you, you'd never leave on a to God. How about
0: that? I never had lamb.
1: Oh, well, that, well, that's <laughs> well. There we go. There we go. When you've never had lamb, and Welsh lamb is even better than normal lamb.
0: All right. Um, what's something people don't know about you?
1: Um, people don't know about me. I love. Basically, I love like. serial killers basically and what <laughs> i mean by that is i'm not like their friend of course but serial killers like fascinate me
0: oh like you like the, all have the, you like, seen like, like mind and all that
1: oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I uh, yeah i binge those in my spare time as well so yeah i think that's something a little bit different
0: all right so i asked you a lot of questions do you have any questions for me
1: yeah like why how did you get on the the hype? The hype why did you get on the hype? What kind of got you into OL Reign and why did you stay oh. and that kind of stuff? Oh,
0: okay, yeah. So I work with a lot of WNBA players. Okay. And uh, and I was and just like throughout the years, like instead of going into like the quote unquote major sports, like I was working with like a lot of I work with a lot of MMA and boxing uh, guys. Oh, nice. So then it was just like, and then like women's basketball became like a niche, and I was like, you know, yeah, let me check out women's soccer. So I tweeted all the teams and your team tweeted me back.
1: Uh the ring.
0: So, they, so there you go. That's why I said they they got the best uh, social media.
1: Yeah, there we go. Easily swayed, some might say. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so that that's the key for teams out there. They should uh, be more active on social media. Be
1: active. Yeah, it's yeah. it is true. It's very true.
0: What about what about yeah, what about stuff like that? Are you are you like big I know since you're quote-unquote a little older like so how is social media like impacted like because i'm sure it wasn't even a thing when you first started like how has that impacted like your career and like built built just built up sports in general
1: yeah it's it's an interesting one because i actually think there's like a lot of pros and cons to it obviously yeah. the the pros of it is you know visibility and connection like you said and being active and getting getting more views, getting more likes, getting people to engage in your club, which will then sell tickets. And, you know, it's kind of the same for an athlete as well. Like it's, you can really put your brand out there and then that helps with sponsors, et cetera, et cetera. But on the flip side of that, um, you know, I think everybody knows about online abuse and, and kind of trolling and, and, and that side of it. And also I think it's really hard for youngsters now it's easy for me easier because I never grew up with it. So it's just something that's come in that I can use as and when I want to, if that makes sense. But I think with the younger generation, they grew up with it and it's really hard for them to not allow it to define them. And I think that is a very difficult thing.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think uh, in a negative way too, like uh, when it's athletes in general and they, you know, put out these, highlight tapes and they get like millions of followers and then it's just like not it's not good for their mental no. i would say
1: exactly yeah uh,
0: no. last one i just thought about it uh like have you ever had any crazy fan moments where they like ran up on you
1: yeah <laughs> yeah i actually <laughs> i actually was out here um, when i first came over with my sister and we were out just in wales um just having like a having a boozy brunch and um we were just in the middle of town just necking the gins, um and one guy like walked past and literally almost like jumped over the the little fence barricade that we were in when we were sat outside i was like oh my god are you just fishlock oh my god and i'm just there like half drunk in <laughs> in the middle of the day <laughs> with my sister thinking there's no way in hell anybody's gonna see me here trying to you know and then my sister just just looking at me going oh my fucking god and I'm like trying to I can't obviously say no but I'm obviously here with these drinks half drunk on like I don't know a Monday afternoon or something I was like this is the worst possible thing that's happening right now but I had to say yes and they were like oh it's great I can't believe it can I get photo and all that but it it was it was funny like when he left I was like right we've got to go because <laughs> I can't be seen that drinking in the middle of the
0: day. So you are like famous famous yeah. in Wales. <laughs> well that
1: was they yeah
0: yeah what about in the u.s has anything happened
1: uh yeah in seattle you know i walk through
0: does it ever does it ever get annoying i
1: don't think i'm not gonna say it ever gets annoying but sometimes it's just you know when when you want to just enjoy your drink or enjoy your food and and stuff like that um you kind of, you know, just want to do that. But I mean, it, it's not, I would never say it, it. it's annoying because often you're alongside like kids as well. And yeah. you never really want to get annoyed at that.
0: Yeah, yeah for sure. Well, I appreciate you coming on. And uh, could you let the listeners know where to follow you on social media?
1: Uh, yes. Um, my Instagram is at Jess Fishlock. Uh, my Twitter is at Jess Fishluck, um, And those are the only two I use. I use nothing else. No TikTok. <laughs> no TikTok. No, <laughs> TikTok. no, no, no.
0: Geico asks How would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV